0: Hello, hello, and welcome to CVET's podcast. See, if you've been following us over the past couple of weeks, you would know that we started a new series called The Foreigner Lifestyle. And it's exciting because we're going to go follow this progression of these seven different commitments of a, a lifestyle of a foreigner.
1: That's right.
0: Last week, we had the fabulous Chuck Mateo join us as we dove into what it really means to. Pray daily and he spoke to us about the desert father and what it really means to quieten down inside of us so that we can encounter the Lord.
1: That's right. And he he gave us a tip to take just sixty seconds every day. I mean nothing more than that, and put your phone away somewhere far away and get on your knees and just just quiet your soul, yeah. and I, you know, I think that's been a great practice I've practiced, and uh, wow, it's kind of a, it's kind of life-altering actually oh, it's good. to not be around your really phone. Good. You feel kind of lonely and all that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but it was a great start to this series as we've begun to look into these uh, different principles of how to cultivate a lifestyle of a foreigner messenger, yeah. and not just focus so much on the message. But today we get to dive into a little bit more difficult topic.
0: We do. It's called Fasting weekly. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> so, on this episode 41, we have Matt Candler to kind of teach us what it means to fast weekly. Thanks for joining us, Matt.
2: You're welcome. I don't really know why I am the guy talking about <laughs> fasting. The I think angels are like looking around in heaven, going, How did he get on that oh tonight? There's a big
1: mistake. <laughs> oh, no. I think this is perfect because. I, I think that you you explain and you embody the majority of us who, none of us like signed up to be superheroes in fasting. And the way that you've had your journey, at least that I've heard about it, uh, on, uh, on how you engage in a lifestyle of fasting, it started weak. And I think for yeah. all of us, it starts weak. And so that's why we. And in weak, too. <laughs> here's the deal it
2: starts weak. <laughs> it stays weak <laughs> and it ends weak. Yeah, yeah. It, that, there's no such thing as a strong faster in my opinion. <laughs> oh, okay, it's just yeah,
1: weakness all the way through. It's learning Perfect. how to embrace that. That's really right. So we want to talk about this, you know, because you know, a lifestyle of fat I mean, fasting altogether is is so not normal in yeah. America. Yeah. It's not, not really taught in our churches these days. Um, but beyond that, now we're we're talking about a lifestyle of it. So, mm-hmm. unpack this a little bit. What was your experience, your first experience with fasting?
2: Oh my gosh! Um, so I'm gonna try to sh- I'm gonna try to do this short. <laughs> it it was so marked me. So what happened was I was in the season. I didn't know what was going on. I just thought the Lord was. Uh, I thought what was normal was hungering for God. But there was I looking back now. I was in a time and a season where the Lord was awakening a yearning and a desire for him. But I found myself in a context, at least from my vantage point, that I had no time. Like I wanted to read all these books, listen to all these sermons, dive into the word of God. I, I knew that I did not know Jesus the way that I wanted to. And I had this hunger for God. Mm. And I found myself praying. Good, like I was the guy, just to be real honest, straightforward, this is like, this was the real story. <laughs> When I was in college, it was my last two years of college, I got accepted into physical therapy school Okay. Um, at the University of Oklahoma. They let me in because they decided to let five more people in. So I was on the bottom end of the list, right? <laughs> and I got accepted into physical therapy school, and I was really happy until I realized how rigorous it was. Oh, wow. I was just the guy in physical therapy school that studied twice as much as all of my friends That was still on academic probation. (laughs) But that was me. So I was the... I really was like... We were up in the morning. I was studying from like 5 a.m. until classes. And, you know, whatever. I would get up every morning, actually at 4. I only slept four hours a night or so for two years. Because it was just rigorous for me, you know? And and so I had... But I had this just yearning for God that was really was being awakened. And I'm thinking, I have no time. How do I do this? And I remember... I in one of those moments of desperation, one of those songs that we sing that we don't realize we're singing or prayers that we pray that we don't realize God heard, Lord, I'll do anything. <laughs> I want to know you. Yeah. And this idea came fast. Now, that idea <laughs> utterly foreign. Yeah. I, oh wow. Like I had no teaching, no I had no friends, there was no context. It was like, huh? like I had faintly remembered a conversation that I had with a friend of mine that was my roommate who went on this unbelievably God supernaturally protected fast for three days. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) That's the point. Like, because in context, you got to know this. I was raised on three meals a day and three meals between those three meals. Mm, What was no, because as you know, eating is normal. Yeah. Like, not eating is not normal. That's right. Right. And so, it This idea of like, why would that be the case? But yet I had this yearning and my friend, you know, expounded with all of his great wisdom from his one fast from a year before. Sure. <laughs> and all that to say, on my first experience, I don't to this day not know why this was normal right. for me. What, what transpired? Because I had no community, no church, no encouragement, but it just seemed normal. God really helped. Wow. Um, uh, in the midst of all of this, I just thought, I'm going to fast Mondays and Tuesdays. I don't even know why I said two days instead of one. Wow. And I'd never done it. But I think probably my my memory's failing. I probably decided to do it once yeah. and then thought, maybe I'll try it again. It wasn't like I decided forever. You know I'll what I mean? It, right, right. So what happened? But the way that I decided was just simply, I'm not going to eat all day Monday. But then I'm going to eat something like a rice packet or <laughs> ramen at the end of the day. Yeah. That was it. And then I fast all day Tuesday. And then I can eat whatever on Tuesday night.
0: Sounds so good.
2: That's what I did. Oh, I'm telling you. I was telling Ruben earlier. Standing over the college stove, the electric burner, pot of water boiling, and taking the, the ramen brick and oh, placing so it in the boiling water and standing over it in the steam mm-hmm. of that. Who knows when that ramen was made from the previous decade? Was The, what, aroma, the aroma filled your nostrils. this is what was bizarre. I I had such gratitude for that which I never had gratitude before in that moment, wow. right? But the Bureau test, as you know, as you guys know, was during the day. I'm weak, all my friends' leftovers are being nuked in the microwaves oh, wow, in the student yeah. lounge. I go out, now this is not recommended. So I take two Starbucks bottled frappuccinos, the small ones. <laughs> this is so bad. Oh, so God. bad. Do not do this. Do not try this at home. <laughs> I had no I should have known better. Yeah. Um, that was before we well that was well, I don't know. So anyway, so <laughs> I go out on this on the campus, I sit on the bench, I open up the word, I chuck oh, wow. I just oh chug the gosh, full God. one, just full blown chug, put it down, and I just was like, Come holy spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm not going to worry about differentiating between caffeine and sugar and the work of God right now. I just said, come Holy Spirit. <laughs> no, but this is the honest truth. Within about five minutes, like, I feel my boredom. Wow. I feel, what is the word? None of this feels real. What am I doing? I want to be inside. All my friends are like, where are you going outside? I'm like, oh, I just want some time, just some space. You know, trying to do it quote in secret, all that kind of stuff. They wouldn't. They would ridicule me if they heard me otherwise, because they were none, none of my friends, or just a few, were believers at that time. And all that to say, I stumbled onto finding a rhythm. Yeah. And what I have language for now that I didn't then was um, fasting was a foregoing of that which was good in order to position myself to experience something better. yeah, And I didn't have language for it then, and I didn't experience instantly. That's the part that was weird, is I don't know why I kept doing it week after week after week, except wow. um, I, I had this hunger for God. I didn't think that the fasting itself was answering. It felt like more than anything, I was connecting to my barrenness. Mm. But there's one other thing that added in to my experience in those first two years. It was in the fall of 1997 when this began, and I came across Mike Bickle's teaching on the 10,000 John the Baptists and the raising up of yeah. foreigner messengers and all this stuff and the beauty of Christ Jesus, and I was provoked by that in 1997. And, um, but in one of the sermons from that same conference, Mike said something the, that same fall that I started fasting that I just went, that's so weird. I want to do it. <laughs> and what he said was every Friday night, from about uh, from in the evening, 7 eight 9 p.m he would go to the church, this is before the days of Ihop, and he would just read through the book of Revelation until right. until about midnight ish. and they had like someone that was doing like a devotional at the front and he said he's been doing that for about I think at that time about a year. And he didn't do it every Friday night forever, but in that season of his life. I remember thinking, I don't have hardly any social time. This kind of whatever with my schooling rigor at that time. So this is what I'm going to do. In addition to these two days of fasting, I'm going to every Friday night, I am going to have an appointment with God in my room at 9 p.m., brew a pot of coffee and turn on some worship music because there was no, nothing streamed, didn't right. exist then. Yeah. And I just opened up to the book of revelation during wow. the two hardest years of schooling in my life. And I, and all the while I'm like freaking out, like I need to be studying. I need to get ready for that paper. <laughs> yeah, I need to be yeah. doing that. <laughs> but yeah. I just said once a week, I'm going to do this from nine p.m. And I wow. would last till midnight ish one, depending on how strong the coffee was or whatever. And I, I just got as far as I got some nights, yeah. two chapters, some nights, I read 18 chapters, yeah. pause, prayed, responded. And, Week to week, moment to moment, day-to-day fasting, reading the Word on that Friday night. I didn't th- feel that much day-to-day. Yeah. But when I looked back, especially when I was on academic probation mm-hmm. in physical therapy school, and uh, what that would usually do to my soul, what had gotten normal to me. I mean, I was the kid in Revelation that reads, there's a woman that's in Scarlet on a Beast. And I'm thinking who is she? (laughs) Like I have no grid, like what this means. And I don't know what to do besides actually picture it. Right. And all that I got in those two years was big things got big and small things got small. Wow. So judgment, how I carry my heart before the Lord, eternity, my choices now, when things go good or bad, all like, those are the things that matter. And so it was a Unpredictable, sustaining time where I didn't have very many friends and stuff.
0: Yeah. Wow. to
2: That time, so all that, this lifestyle of fasting, and then the word it—you stumble into it, and all the way through, it's just riddled with weakness. Yeah. Right. Wow. wow. That's a little bit of my introduction. To That's this a story. beginning story
1: no. to the math, the mat, the myth, the legend. No, there's no myth. <laughs> I
2: I have I always say this as a joke. Dana always laughs at this, or she used to at least, that. That I actually believed that if you fast for like more than three days, that if you don't die, I actually believe that you could die. Really. That's how foreign it was to me. Mm -hmm. That if you don't die, something on the inside probably shrivels up and turns green and breaks off. (laughs) (laughs) I, I used to just picture like as like day two, I'm like. Something's dying in there. I don't, like something's <laughs> My about are to Something's off. about to break <laughs> off. So that's amazing. I just had no grid. How, of course, ubiquitous it was, unrelated to before yeah. God right. across the earth for no. all of human history. No, that's true.
0: I mean, it's interesting to re- to think about how many hours of your day you actually give to food. Yeah. The preparation, the going out, getting groceries, the making it, then the cleaning up of it. It's hours. But whilst you're talking, the interesting thing to me was that you felt to fast two days a week. I don't know why. that's what the church fathers did. I know.
1: The early church did, right? Every Wednesday and and Friday. Actually,
2: the Pharisees, if I remember right, were Tuesday, Thursday. But the Church of Christ, the disciples, didn't want to be associated with those two days. So they did Wednesday and Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. But they still did two days. Well,
1: that begs the question. You know, like, there's a lot of religions that employ this uh, discipline of fasting. Yeah. So... Why do they do that and wh- what's the difference between just normal fasting or religious fasting and Christian fasting?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, it seems to me that that when it comes to other religions, as you know, and other, um, even in humanistic type um, living, Fasting can be valued for different reasons, Um, but in many religions, it's actually it's commanded. Like it's you're not actually embracing this religion unless you do this, whether consistently or one fast a year, whatever it may be. And so, um, but what's interesting about Christian fasting is it's never commanded, yet it's expected. Mm -hmm. And it seems like when Jesus. When he refers to it in Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, right. he says, When you fast, see, the disciples had this bad understanding of fasting and prayer and almsgiving because of the portrayal of the religious of their day. Yeah. And he goes, Don't be like them. He goes, He didn't say, Don't fast because they're doing it wrong. In other words, because people fast wrong isn't a reason for Jesus to omit us from doing it, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. this interesting. Okay, yeah. He says, just because people do it wrong doesn't mean there's not a right way to do it. Right. He says, but when you do it, shift the focus as to um, whose eyes you're doing it before. Mm. And the big warning of you know, Matthew 6 is, is uh, don't do it before men because all of our hearts want to be kind of secretly discovered. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean—I dis- mean, not in the sense so that people think that, that we're fasting— but we want to have a reputation that we're wholehearted. Right. We want to be known as going all after God, having a hunger for God. But Jesus's warning in Matthew six seems to be, um, um, uh, what would be way worse is if you're you're perceived as having a hunger for God, but internally your reward is being known for hunger for God that you don't actually have. <laughs> oh, wow. oh
0: my God! See, that's painful.
2: And I think Ouch. that I think it's. I think it's resides in all of us. Oh yeah. yeah I think yeah, that's yeah. why he highlighted it. Sure. Like we it's not just that we want to be discovered but like we want to be known yeah. as that. And I think that the if I'm honest, I think this is the true gift. Yeah. Picture this. In if we actually do fasting and prayer and giving in this way. What it forces us to wrestle with is if we truly labor to do it strictly before the eyes of the father or before Jesus, before God's eyes in something that's fasting is painful ish Mm -hmm. hunger. It's confusing. It's weakness. And no one knows that you are confused, hungry, um, uh, you know, mentally off a little bit, you know, whatever. (laughs) Or, or or if anything, they, they perceive that you're a little bit edgy, you know, right. right. And so, and so what's interesting is Jesus says, if you can learn for God to be enough in seeing you in the pain of fasting, you'll exercise a muscle that you'll be able to find God as your reward in other types of pain and being overlooked in your oh, life. Wow. If God is sufficient in fasting for you, you will exercise a muscle that he will be sufficient for you in all things because sure. you've labored there in the sure. secret. Sure. And so I don't know, I, I feel a, a, an Good. invitation there. Yeah. That Because wow. all of us want to be known, heard, understood in our pain, totally. and all yeah. that stuff. And he goes see if you can find God there because then you won't be tempted to lose your reward in the eyes of others.
0: That's really good. Another follow-up question from that. So if you're fasting weekly, you obviously feel this weakness more often than if you were to do like one week fast per year. Right. But why is it important that it's a a weekly thing that we implement in our lives instead of like a yearly thing or once in your lifetime thing? Right.
2: Um, I think at least for... The way that if I was to guess why there is an experience of a weekly reality, whether however many single day or days a week it is, right. oh, half day. A, a rhythm, <laughs> right? A rhythm of it yeah. w- or even a meal for sure.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I think it's because we get to revisit the conversation um, that fasting provides right. in that because I want to repeat it because we got to hear it a ton. Fasting is a temporary um, foregoing of good things in order to intensify our desire for and satisfaction in something better. Mm. That's good. And so if we can consistently make it a rhythm in some way, shape, or form, then we get to have that type of foregoing of something good Mm. for something better. Because as you know, many times, unfortunately, some of God's greatest good gifts are actually the very things that destroy the life of the Word in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that those that give up following him give up following him because of an ox, because of a piece of land, or because of a relationship, all of which are good things, right. God's gifts. Right. And so learning how to, to, I think it was John Piper that said, some, I will not be able to say it like John Piper, <laughs> but he said something to the effect of, we glorify God in food in two ways. The first way is we glorify God in food by feasting on it in gratitude and thanksgiving for the, for the emblem that it is. And secondly, we glorify God in food by forfeiting it mm. in order to feast on the emblem it points to,
1: God's word. Wow. wow. That's something good. like that. Well, I mean that was pretty good. Yeah. So. It's something like that. It I sounds think, like Piper. Yeah.
0: I think I, I certainly all glorify God <laughs> yeah. when I eat Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I really think I do. Yes. Glory to God for Krispy Kreme. You know it's the shape yes. of a halo. You know, it's all good. Anyway. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: revelation. am having
1: revelation
2: right <laughs> No, it's Unbelievable. good.
0: Unbelievable. Um, to come back to a more serious point, what I love about this is, in one sense, you're reiterating what Dr. Chuck Mateo said last week mm. about being silent, mm. putting aside legitimate good things so that yes. you quieten down your soul so you can encounter the Lord. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what you're saying with food. You're laying aside that which is good to encounter God again. And I think what's really important to mention is you don't forego food so that you can go do some more cleaning up. You don't forego food so that you can stay at work longer right. necessarily. It's, okay, I'm forfeiting this hour, which I would usually give to making and eating food, and instead I'm actually going to quieten down my soul yes. and encounter and engage in a conversation with the Lord. Yeah,
2: so good. Helpful. And even even I found fasting just provides multiple opportunities To look to God to provide that which we can't provide in ourselves. Right. You know, it's the whole, I mean, we've probably shared this on this podcast before, but when Dana and I are fasting and we come home and we're making food for the kids or whatever, and one of us, me, (laughs) barks at the kids Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form, I'll turn to Dana and I'll say, I'm sorry, I'm fasting. (laughs) As if, the causative agent of that anger <laughs> yeah. was fasting. When really fasting exposes it reveals yeah, it what's already there, a normative to God yes. and gives me the opportunity to look to Him to provide a patience that I cannot draw on in my own strength. Yeah. And it's to me, that's the that's the opportunity of fasting. I don't think fasting in and of itself is transformative it has right. the it's a it's a potential it's potential mm-hmm. energy and how we relate to the Lord in that through those multiple conversations and um, and so forth that's yeah. really
1: good the way you put that now there is this you know obviously Jesus was doing a lot of things and his disciples were trying to be like Jesus and they couldn't get a certain uh, you know thing to happen that they believed they could right and and Jesus mm-hmm. then says, well, and of course he goes, and then he takes care of it, and then he's. They're trying to figure out what is this all about, and he says some things don't happen unless with fasting and prayer. Yeah. So what does fasting do that give? I mean, because I've even heard. Some people say that it brings clarity to direction or there's like authority that's cultivated in fasting or, you know, different things like this, which, you know, we know we can't earn favor with God through actions. I mean, that's the gospel, but somehow fasting, as you said, it's potential energy. It provides an opportunity for these kind of, you know, supernatural Mm -hmm. gifts It seems like authority and clarity, prophetic insight and so forth. So what is it about fasting that or what is it that fasting provides other than what we've already mentioned? Great question. And I I
2: wanna back out in terms of speaking authoritatively here, but I'll (laughs) I'll I'll process some of my thoughts on it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. But like when I hear that statement that like related to authority and power to cast out demons through prayer and fasting, something like that. Or, like you said, clear direction comes and that kind of which we see that in Acts 13. In right. Acts 13, the church at Antioch, um, they were already worshiping and fasting. And then in that context, the Holy Spirit broke in and gave guidance and direction. I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but to me, the reason why... Jesus would say this comes by prayer and fasting. I think that a, a fasted lifestyle in some way where we forego good, and we're mostly talking about food, but I don't want to undermine other things because there's some people for different reasons that can't for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the voluntary weakness element, I think he's saying this type of power and authority isn't released until you mature, and that maturity is, is um, uh, sped up by fasting and what i mean right. by sped up is that because you have more opportunities right i don't mm-hmm. think it was like because they skipped food right but then therefore they were able to have more authority i think it's the opportunity of denying something good intensifying their um desire and hunger um for that which was better god's word right Position them to um, uh, to have God's power flow more freely through them. Right. Something like I, to me, I see the the power, authority, clarity, direction as fruits, whereas fasting provides the opportunity for the root to go deeper. Oh mm. man, that makes sense. That
1: rhymes, so that must be the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: must be. <laughs> I, I like the fruit. and root. Yeah, I, I, like it. I like it too. I like it. I like well, that, it so no, that's
1: funny. actually quite helpful because you know you know i I remember I grew up in my you know holiness uh assemblies of God hispanic version uh background, and my grandma I mean we were like you know I was nine and she's in mexico she's she can't be punished for this, but I love her for it actually, <laughs> but she wouldn't make us fast, my brother and i i mean and we would fast like from the moment we w- wake up to like noon where we couldn't even. We couldn't even drink water. Unbelievable! Like you know, she would, and we were little kids, right? But she was like getting us on our knees, like you know, stay on your knees, you know, for another another thirty <laughs> minutes or whatever. And I just grew up. This is like just what you do, right? Yeah. And 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 so I understand why there's some cultural practices behind it, and so I've just you know I've learned a lifestyle of fasting, and 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 in terms of like the religious. um Industry of it, right? Right. Because, because again, the Pharisees were fast. Everyone, you know, really bad people do fasting disciplines, right? It doesn't just—it's uh, not just something the righteous take on, right? Right. And so, I think that what you're what you're saying and differentiating it is that it allows you, again, that potential energy. I'm just sticking with that a lot because it allows you an opportunity either to make your reward public praise or to uh, to make your reward that you feel edified in your own ability to sustain a discipline. Or, or in this case, uh, you see fasting as a, as a pathway to encounter and dying to self and attaining the grace, attaining is probably the wrong word, but obtaining the grace that's been gifted to us by the Holy Spirit. And right. I, I really appreciate that view because then it takes the performance out of fasting. Yeah and it inserts the receiving into it. It absolutely is a receiving posture. In
2: fact, Jesus, as you know, reoriented fasting around himself in Matthew 9 in a way that just, in my opinion, blew Christian fasting, made it utterly unique from every other form of fasting. And that uniqueness is—I is, is I would encourage all of our listeners and uh, just to consider the fact that when Jesus says um, in Matthew 9 about— when, when you fast, you will fast when the bridegroom is taken away, right? And so the, you will mourn. So he connects mourning to him being taken away. Okay. But what's wild is this, and this is what differentiates New Testament or Christian fasting from that which is seen in the Old Testament, because they essentially ask him, why aren't you fasting? Yeah. They want to know the meaning, like what is the drive behind it? And he reorients it around himself. Mm-hmm. And then he says this, he goes, when it comes to fasting, he goes, this is why I think he mentions um, there needs to be a new, uh, new wineskin for the new wine of fasting because mm-hmm. this is what's different. What's different is the bridegroom has come and you have tasted of him. And it's the yearning from what you've tasted, meaning himself, yeah. all that he's done in his first coming, in establishing the new covenant, recipients of the Holy Spirit indwelling, the power of God flowing through us, all, all the benefits of his first coming, his, his life being laid down. He goes, you've tasted of the heavenly husband, the bridegroom God, and now that you've tasted of him, the fast has to change. Hmm. In the Old Testament, they never had that taste. Oh, wow. In the Old Testament, they never they knew God at a distance from Sinai.
1: Absence, uh, yeah.
2: They, they fasted out of absence, but hmm. the bridegroom fast is fasting from a place of presence. <laughs>
1: That's wow. and good. And a yearning. That's
2: yeah. good. And a yearning from... What I have tasted, and what I expect to taste more of as I grow wow. in this word, and so forth. That's
0: so good. It's fasting.
2: I think what's new about Christian fasting mm-hmm. is fasting from presence, not from absence. Gosh. And so he, dis- so he distinguishes it from the Old Testament in that regard.
1: Right, and that's why you miss him so much. That's why you mourn for right. the bridegroom is because mm-hmm. you've tasted him. You've you've right. experienced of his of, of his presence. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's and, that's and
2: lamentably the. The um, uh, those in the Old Testament or those in Jesus's time that didn't see Yahweh in the face of their Messiah Christ, they did not yearn for their bridegroom because they did not see the heavenly husband in his face. Wow. And so they're still fasting as if God has not come. Gosh. And our fast is He has come, and I've tasted, and I've seen, and I yearn until He wow. returns.
0: Come uh. on, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. You know, different I've... kind of fast. Yeah, I, I
1: heard. Uh, I heard. um well, who was it? Oh, gosh. I can't. I'm, I'm like spacing right now. Wes Martin. Yeah. Great, great friend. And obviously an amazing teacher. He was here for us with us for many years. But he taught on on fasting. And he said, you know, the extended fasts are amazing. In fact, we're about to enter into one as a community. Right. But but he said, I've seen myself be more consistently in a fasted mindset, a lifestyle by fasting one day a week versus doing a 40-day or 21-day fast mm-hmm. once every five years. Right. It it keeps you connected regularly to that rhythm of everything you're talking about, right? The the presence, the longing, the the the, the potential energy to enter into his grace at a greater right. measure. It's awesome. And I really appreciated that because I think that's what gave me a vision for the lifestyle, yeah. the fasted lifestyle. And it's very important for the foreigner, you know, foreigner messenger because because otherwise your teachings become you know, just a bunch of chants or you're just yelling, you're just right. spitting out truths rather than being infused by the divine power right. you know, that communicates what's in the scriptures. And so I think that fasting weekly, as you're mentioning, it does keep us connected, keep it us does. coming back over and over to the, to the need that we have, to the hunger for what we ought to. And of course, it gives us the ability to receive from him in greater, in greater ways.
2: And I think as an expression of the church, as we know, eating is normal. Yeah. Fasting, catch this. It's an expression that things aren't okay. Yeah. That that that's the point of it like we are not living as if it's normal that you're not here. Right. Right. And that's one thing that I love about the the staying connected to it
1: consistently. Yeah. That's right.
0: I think it's important to how John the Baptist, he fasted. He caused. He asked his disciples to fast, and and he lived that lifestyle. And he is said by Jesus to be the greatest man born of a woman. Yeah. And so, if that's the case, surely we should live according to how he lived yeah. too. He lived a fasted lifestyle, and that's gr- a great example for yeah. us. I
2: yeah. want to say one more thing on that: greatest man ever born of a woman. And in his fasting, he had
1: the greatest joy. Yes, the joy. So it's a fasting. Good. Filled with joy, yeah. Right. It's not just like you know moping around every day. (laughs) That's right. And and I love that in Matthew six that you know Jesus gives us that counsel like, hey, you know, wash up, you know, like don't. Don't Mm -hmm. look like you're fasting. Like, do you really want that reward when you can access the reward of the Father who sees you in secret? He will reward you openly.
2: So you better be smelling good on this big
1: (laughs) (laughs) one. Yes, I'm gonna be trying. (laughs) All of us are smiling. (laughs) I do wanna, I do wanna point you to uh, a resource because, uh, as we've been discussing, we've, you know, we're, we're. We're wanting to promote a foreigner lifestyle, right? A lifestyle of fasting and fasting weekly. Either that's one day a week or two days a week. And of course, we want to point you to your doctor or your spiritual leaders to discern uh, what kind of fast and what intensity you should do that. But also, we want to provide a resource for you because as a community, we're entering into a 40-day fast because we believe that the Lord is asking us to go into the wilderness with him to receive from to, to posture ourselves in a greater measure to receive what he's about to deposit to us here in Kansas City so we'll put a link to this um, online learning environment below where you can hear more from Matt and and myself and Mike and Daniel and others many of our teachers here to hear about ways uh, to to be able to, to have the willpower and the courage to uh, succeed through that that 40-day fast and of yeah. course there's different kinds of fast as matt was talking about and so all of that we d- disclose in that so i want to point you to that resource if you want to learn more about fasting
0: yeah and again if you haven't listened to our previous podcast find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. Is Google Podcast I thing? Yeah, that's okay, a thing.
1: Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I <think> I <laughs> and now. we're there, so. <laughs> yeah, done.
0: Um, YouTube, anywhere that your outlet is for podcasts, you can find us. And we will see you next Friday, 2 p.m. Central Time, as we continue to go on the journey of what it means and looks like to live a foreigner lifestyle. That's right. See you next week.
1: Peace.